Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the F1 show for another edition of 2008 postseason coverage with some news. I'm Robin Warner. And I'm Jim Lau and there's been so much going on. Um, we just basically... We didn't say it, Jim. Just spill it. Middle just. of the week we decided, you know what, we got a podcast. We got we to gotta get the word out to the listeners and get the discussions going. So uh, there's, there's no race report, but uh, where do you want to start? I, I think there's no other place to start but the fact that we are... Short one manufacturer. Honda is out of Formula One, and it it is depressing. Yeah, it's for a variety of reasons. Uh, obviously, Honda's had a long history in Formula One, actually longer than I realized. They started in 1963. Um, 19, 19. Yeah. You said 18. I said 19. Did you? Yeah, I they started Formula One in 1863. It wasn't like it was the Gettysburg yeah. okay. address, and Honda was there going, we want to race. Great. That didn't happen. So it was 1963, as right. I said. And, uh, <laughs> I thought you and said had, and had you know, a good measure of success for a while. Um, in their recent bid since 2005, when they bought out British American uh, Tobacco for BAR Honda, um, you know, then they became fully Honda team. They haven't really had much success since then. They had the one win with Jensen Button in Hungary in 05, I think. Right. And that was kind of because it was raining. No, and 06. The strategy came out screwy and, and It was Hungary that. of 06, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think, okay. Could have been. Um, so... Either way, um, we'll really, have our fact check people. Yeah, really that. poor performance this past year and actually last year. Um, past couple of years, for sure. And pretty pitiful. You know, it's sort of we wanted to give them some more time because they just took on technical director Ross Braun from Ferrari. Um, you know, they things look like they could have been turning around, but now they're not going to have that chance to do so. And it sounds like um, Nick Fry and uh, who's CEO of Honda Racing and Ross Braun are sort of the first guys trying to scramble together and find a way to be on the grid. I mean, they it, this was not their decision at all. I think this came down from Honda Corporate, and they said this right. is just too expensive to run this series. We need Well, to it's 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 over $200 million a year to fund their team. And 200 Honda, million pounds a year. 200 million pounds. And Honda is one of the only teams that has no sponsors of any kind. Sans sponsor. They were... They thought, oh, well, we'll take this as a marketing opportunity to promote, you know, green initiatives and things like that, you know... Uh, EarthDream.com, Save the Earth with Honda.com. I love Mother Earth more than my own mother.com. I mean, it's, you know, Honda is the greenest car company ever.com. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of their idea. It, it just didn't work out. Had the performance been there, I'm sure Honda would have stuck around. Um, but, uh, you know, I you can't entirely blame them for the decision. And them leaving that on their own is a lot of news. But I think especially considering the economic conditions in the U.S. and indeed around the world, is the much bigger question of, is this the beginning of a much bigger fallout? Yeah, and obviously times are hard for everyone, especially the, I think the larger car companies may even feel it more um, because, you know, somebody like, um, I mean, I, I guess... I mean, the only really large car company that's in Formula One right now... Is Toyota. Is Toyota. And they're not in great shape. At the moment, but I mean, they're going to be just fine. Yeah, I mean, they sort of got enough going anywhere. Diverse interest and BMW is pretty big. And well, I, BMW I mean, is pretty small in comparison. Mercedes well, com- is much bigger than BMW. Okay, well, yeah, compared to Toyota and all that. But but uh, I mean, I mean, who do you got? A Renault. Renault is not a huge company. They're not worldwide, and they're mostly European. I don't know. I mean, do they sell Renault cars in Japan or Australia? I don't think so. I think they pretty much just sell in Europe. I think yeah, it's maybe South America and, and stuff. But uh, and uh, and you've got, knows? I mean. Who else, really? I mean, BMW, Mercedes, Renault. I mean, Ferrari, they're tiny. And, yeah, uh, but they're still obviously affected. Um, I would say I'm, I'm thinking more so than 
um, like Williams, you know, because they don't well, sell cars directly, they don't have to worry about, you know, quite, it's like, oh, well, sales are down. It's like, well, it's all kind of engineering and it's kind of a different structure of a company. I guess, I mean, you know, in comparison to a car company. Right. But, I mean, going to that overall question, you have, the you know, a lot of what kind of came in as a sector to replace the uh, cigarette companies as one of the big major sponsors of Formula One is the finance, you know, the finance industry. Yeah. ING Banking is a, is a real obvious. Uh, RBS. RBS is another with, big one. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, they're hurting quite a bit. So, oh, absolutely. So uh, it is a real serious question. How how big is this going to be? Is, is it going to stop at Honda or is this going to trickle down to something else? Yeah. And that opens up a whole range of questions. Yeah, well, I, the one thing I want to say is it's, I think, entirely possible, and there's different reports on whether or not that's likely or not, but that some other someone else is going to buy the Honda Racing Team, and it is for sale. Um, they are talking about, you know, there's got different deals, and um, it seems at this point, you know, from, from what we've seen, it's the only ones, you know, the only sort of industries or, or companies with any kind of, you know, money to throw at this. It's like all this money is coming out of the Middle East lately with the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, yep. and maybe, they, you know, a group of investors could get together and, and buy it. Um, or maybe from China or something. You know, there's not really a Chinese team. And you know who I'd love love to see buy the company, like Andretti Green or something. No, why oh. not David Richards? <laughs> this is his way in. I mean, after all, the I company had his best F1. results when he owned the team. He's a really smart guy. He wanted to get in. He was going to get in with McLaren cars. He has Ross Braun. He must respect Ross Braun. I mean, I don't know anybody that doesn't. I- I'd love to see David Richards get in. Yeah, why not? So, I guess there's, there's, you know, valid question there. And so I guess we put that to the fans as well. I guess who, who would you like to see running Honda Formula One? Um, well, with that in mind, I think we have to give a nice big shout-out to one of our fans. Oh, shoot, I can't remember his name off. He wrote us. Not – I wouldn't want to call it an email. I'd call it a uh, dissertation on – Oh, uh, Derek, yeah. On uh, Derek Krola on uh, the state of Honda, and I think – Derek, you made some very valid points, and I think it gets down to a fundamental question. How greedy should Bernie Eccleston be, and is does that need to change? Yeah, I think the overall point of, of David's email, and I guess, or, or Derek, um, I would say if if you want to, you could post that either on, on Facebook or right on as a comment on uh, our F1 show page as well. Yeah, give us, give us a, an abridged version on the wall there. And, yeah, or, you know. Or start a discussion. Post topic. the whole thing, and uh, you can let, let you know the rest of the people comment uh, on, your, on your feelings as well, but... The overall point is um, it's such a losing deal for the manufacturers right now. The way it's set up, it's Bernie Ecclestone and his sort of team of bankers and, um, you know, crazy finance analysts have just worked out every possible way to just eke out as much money for themselves as they possibly can. It's driving circuits are, are, are being driven away because they yeah, can't abs- afford the races. Absolutely. French, teams, the French yeah. Grand Prix and the Canadian Grand Prix yeah. Both suffered from that just this year, and I think even if even if Honda could break even on F one, if it didn't cost them anything, they would be in because of because of the the developments that they could get and the, you know the engineering talent they could then move away to road cars yeah. and technologies and the, they could and the marketing that they'd have. If yeah. it was a break even way to market themselves, I mean, of course they'd do it. Yeah. So, but it's it's because of the greed and I guess you know just the hyper control. It seems like that Bernie and his you know team of guys put down on the sport. It really, it's really limiting what's going on, and they're talking about you know even, um, you know making it a spec engine, and uh, well and, that that's that's a and, whole another topic altogether. And, and I, well, I wonder if even if uh, if Honda sort of saw the the writing on the wall and saying hey if not if not this year maybe next year maybe a couple years down the road and Honda as primarily an engine company they just say you know what 
this is not a road we want to go down. We want to get out now while there's still, yeah. you know, a market for our team and while we can still salvage something out of it. And and they're, and they're doing so well in America, in IndyCar. I mean, they literally own IndyCar. Uh, they, when I say own, I mean they're the sole engine supplier, so yeah. they win every race. They're, they, they're doing very well in the ALMS with their LMP2 car. And don't forget MotoGP is big. You know, Honda's big there. Real big in MotoGP, absolutely. I mean, plus, I mean, for that sake they're also the dominant engine to have in shifter carts so you know it you know honda is still very involved in a lot of motorsport and uh you can't blame them for saying this is a bad idea and i have to say uh before we get too far off this topic honda's you can tell that honda cares about the employees and the team and everything else they are they're funding the company for the next three months even though they've officially gotten out. They're offering to sell the company cheap. They want to sell the racing team cheap. They're not trying I mean they're 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 trying to protect their employees a bit. They're trying to do right by the team. They're not trying to they're not just disbanding the team and saying, Okay, sorry, you're screwed, we've made the decision. Good luck everybody on your resume. Right, yeah. exactly. So I think Honda deserves a lot of credit for the the way they're going about handling yeah. this. Well let's talk about two of their employees. Jensen Button and Rubens Barrichello. Oh, those two. Those two. Two well, I think fairly well-known ones. One ex-employee, we can well, say. Well, Rubens, I really don't think is going to find another drive. I mean, there's so many younger, Where? What would he do? guys. Um, and even in test driving and all that, he may be useful there. But I just think, um, I mean, I don't know if he'd want too much money for another team. And, and again, there's lots of other young guys that could take test driving roles and various things. So I, I doubt we'll see Rubens in a Formula 1 car again, and it, which is kind of too bad on a personal level for, for him. It's like if he'd known that the Brazilian Grand Prix this past year was That's his last. That's the big thing. You know, like it was a, it was a big deal for, for David Coulthard. Oh, he's done so many races and, you know, won these and won that and had such a long career, and, oh, we we're going to honor him, and he had special livery on his car. And it, right, like if Barrichello yeah. had known, and they it, could actually have run into each other, yeah. and it would have been a nice little... And it was Brazil, and he's Brazilian. Like that would have been, a you know, it could have been a sort of a farewell thing. Um, but now it's like everyone reads on a news release and they go, oh, I guess Barrichello's out. It's like, okay. I mean, yeah, he's not the greatest driver of this generation or anything, but still, he had a long career and, and had some success. And Oh, yeah, you know, 250-some starts yeah. and something nuts. So, uh, you know, that's that's kind of a big deal, whether whether you're a big fan of the guy or not. And uh, so now it's kind of he, he's pretty much out of a job, and he may find— Well, I mean, we, 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 we bag on guys all the time, you know, but at the end of the day— both Jim and I have tons of respect for every single Formula One driver in the grid. I mean, yeah. they've all it's easy to compare them to, to the work. best. Yeah, yeah, they've all had to work terribly hard to get to where they are, and they all deserve everyone's respect. But then, at the end of the day, when we talk race to race, we're comparing them against all these other people that also have earned our respect. So, where do they lie there? So, but at the end of the day, when when someone's out, it, it sucks to go. Yeah, and, you know, and to go out like except for Vincent Kelly, he's. I mean. Barrichello, I mean, he's kind of like a punk. I mean, come on, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, sorry, you've been downsized. See ya, good luck, Jensen Button. Um, it kind of sucks the timing because where's he going to go now? I feel like a lot of the teams have made all their deals, even if they would have liked to hire Jensen. Um, everything's kind of in place. Winter testing is already underway. Right. Um, I don't know if he'll have a if he'll have an opportunity in 2009. I mean, maybe as a race drive anyway. Well, his his basic only opportunity is that uh, the the. Honda Racing is, in fact, sold to somebody, and they do operate, and they do have a functioning team going into 2009. I think it's, frankly, too late for Button to find a ride somewhere else. You know, Renault keeps Piquet, 
Yeah. For some reason, I mean... I mean, if, if Renault had known that Jensen Button would be on the market, they may have changed their decision a little bit, you know? But maybe not. Lord knows. I mean, yeah, I, there's, 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 a lot there's of so many other drivers that yeah. could replace Piquet. But anyway, uh, so he's pretty much relying on that. But I think any... Even if... I mean, there was a lot of speculation that Rubens was out, even if Honda Racing was going to say... So even if there are, in fact, 20 cars on the grid in 2009, Honda Racing team under another name, it's just really unlikely Rubens is going to be there. But that leads us to the potential new hire that Honda Racing had, which was Bruno Senna, mm-hmm. the nephew of Ayrton Senna. Which could had, have been Senna and Honda back right, together again, exactly. which us, among a lot of others, were sort of looking forward to in a way. How well did that test go, and does he have a possible uh, – is it a possibility for him to get that seat as a as an independent team? Would that new owner of the team be interested in Senna? Yeah, He's I'll, the guy that could really be out of luck this time around. Yeah, although I feel like any new buyer for this team um, – is probably going to have their own connections and their own deals, you know, where somebody this they're going to have this have a, a, you know, any group of people that's going to be able to come up with the kind of money and have the kind of connections they need to be successful in Formula One, is going to also probably have these other different deals and maybe whether they, they have some relationship with a driver or some kind of another series or some kind of a team, or and maybe can, it's going to be another driver that's bringing money in. Yeah, so it's so hard to imagine the team just basically changing names and they say, you know what, I want to buy your team and everything's going to remain the same. You know, I, I think that's really hard to imagine that that sure. would actually happen. Sure. Where it's going to be okay, we're going to buy your teams, but we're going to now work with these guys. We're going to take these drivers from this series. You know, we've got deals and, and everything there. It's kind of like politics. It's like you get so connected by the time you get up to this level that you just owe different things to different people, and there's it's sort of a a, a, a trickier situation. Yeah. Um, so Jensen Button, I mean, I hope he I hope he finds a spot. Although I was sort of rooting for, um, you know, in, in some of the diff- different tests and all that. It's like. You know, maybe this will be the rebirth of, of Super Aguri. I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, is Aguri Suzuki got any money left? Does he want to become yeah. the Honda factory team? Something tells you know? me that's not going to happen. I don't know that that relationship ended all that well, but who knows? You know, maybe maybe Sato will ride again in a Honda. I don't know. Well, but now let's 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 look at this bigger picture here. Uh, you know, Bernie's taking a whole bunch of money. Manufacturers aren't getting much money. The circuits aren't getting much money. In fact, they're both you know they're losing money. Um. What can be done and what's going to be done? I mean, the things I've read is that Bernie and Max have been saying, oh, it's unfortunate, but this just shows all the cost-cutting measures we have to make to make F1 racing more viable. And I'd say in some senses that's true, but that's not not what pushed Honda out. Well, the other thing I think I want to mention from from Derek's email as well is – and it's sort of – there's two ways to go. It's like we can either make F1 cheaper and keep going with the current base we've got – or get creative and expand the people that you know that the fans worldwide you know make the racing more interesting for people or make the racing more accessible for people you know using new technology um, like there's still no way to watch um, you know the F1 outside of they've got these TV deals and I'm sure they're all very yep. lucrative and it's all very selectable but there's yep. only one channel and it's a cable channel here that, that takes F1 where it's and like, they and they do a respectable job yeah but, but it's like if I want to watch NFL football there's like you know, probably dozens of websites I can go to to get live play-by-play coverage. I can get it on my cell phone. I can watch a live streaming video. I can get text updates. I want, if you know, if I want to. And, like and for the record, neither of us have any yeah, interest in watching we're not, NFL football. Not, but as, a, as the the point is, like, there's so many ways and so many different ways to get, you know, different avenues to get coverage that 
you know, it's such a big deal. There's sort of this whole buzz going, and there's there's a bunch of different ways to get that. With Formula One, it's like you can't watch racing on online. Um, you can't get you know you can get text updates, I guess, but that doesn't really the timing doesn't really work out for us. If I haven't watched the race yet, I don't want to get a text that says. Who yeah, won. that's certainly not the most and, exciting way to keep you know, up to date. If there were some more, you know, cool interactive features where like you've got the live coverage, you can watch if you're watching the if you're watching you know the race live. But it's like if I could you know go on the website and watch the race live and and you know have the coverage and all that. I mean, there's a lot of people in in our sort of younger generation that aren't just TV based but sort of you know, have more interactive I'm personally everything. drifting I mean, away from it more and more yeah, as, exactly. the, uh, as the internet becomes more potent, more versatile in what you can do and you know that being said they are in fact um, you know there's talk about you know hey you know the, the team should get more money from Bernie, it should that that needs to be reconsidered along with cutting costs. Yeah, you also need to change ex- the amount expand, the teams make. You know, if, but if they were to expand the viewer base, and I don't know, I mean, I don't, I don't know the, all the numbers and say how many percent they could do by embracing some newer technology and getting creative. But I think um, Derek's point, and I, and I agree, is that it's kind of a symptom of these. You know, not so because they're literally old guys, but it's like sort of this old money kind of philosophy of we've made these deals with these partners, and yeah. it is what it is. And if if these, you know, if, if Teams want to make more money. Well, we we can't lose money. We've got to make the same money. So let's find ways for them to cut costs, so they don't have to spend as much money. Right. But they can make the same. And I don't think that's the right way to go about it. Especially it if they end up with a, a a spec engine as the solution, then there's well, so many teams that said they're out. Drivers have said they're that's out. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, that I think they sort of lost the point of Formula One at that point. And and going back to the whole idea of, you know, it being a bad economy, and that's kind of what pushed Honda out. Because it's a bad economy, that's this is the time to push Bernie, and Bernie, this is the time to concede that you know you need to readjust the revenue share. That more of that money, he shouldn't be sitting on billions of dollars in revenue if everyone else is struggling to make ends meet as a team. And I Grand Prix are getting canceled because yeah, the tracks can't afford and it. We're and not talking yeah. about you know we're not talking about super gurry type of teams. We're talking about Williams. You yeah. know, these guys have won world championships. And have been around for over thirty years. You know, I mean, we're 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 not talking about. I mean, there's three or four teams that would have trouble. I mean, Ferrari, McLaren, BMW, Sauber. Those big three can handle most anything, I think, financially. But most every other team. I mean, Renault is certainly. Uh, they they have a lot of sponsors. They're viable uh, to um, you know keep in business. Uh, but again, their big sponsor is a financial, of uh, you know, a finance firm, ING. I mean, it could it could be really a really bad situation for the team. So I think uh, an increased revenue share has to go along with decreasing costs. And I think this is an opportunity for the teams to push on uh, FOM, Formula One management, and and get some better deals because it is a bit lopsided. And uh, you know, and and it does have to be said. I I brought up Renault, and it kind of reminded me. Um, you know, Renault was in a very similar situation to Honda. They own the team, and uh, they have roughly 120, you know, 200 million pounds a year budget, something like that. However, Renault aggressively sought after and achieved sponsors throughout the whole the, throughout the whole time. Yep. And uh, you know, Honda hasn't had any sponsorship since the BAR cigarette deal. And I think that was a big mistake on Honda's part. They should have continued with sponsors and stuff like that to help offset some of the costs. Um, uh, so there's definitely some decisions that Honda made themselves that put themselves, 
you know, put they put themselves in that situation to a certain extent. I just that I think that has to be said. I think they would have looked at it though if they could have said, okay, we either need to shut down the team or oh, if we can get some sponsors, then we'll be okay. Um, I think they must have looked at that though. I think you know I, I can't imagine it was it was just that. I'm sure it's a combination of things, but I still wonder if there's more than we know about what's going on, whether that's upcoming engine stuff or. Who knows? Like okay, th- there well, may there may still be more to this than, than we understand. Well, let's get to that. Spec engines in 2010. Yeah. WTF. <laughs> I, put, you, I mean, to put it simply. You, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, first of all, I have not heard read one single article on the internet that's positive about that, yeah. other than Max Mosley or Bernie Eccleston. Um, every, every fan I've talked to thinks it's rubbish. Every team thinks it's rubbish. You know, some people have threatened to pull out of the sport altogether. Ferrari, Ferrari is in bed with Formula One, supposedly, and they said we we will not do Formula One if yeah. it's spec engines. Fernando Alonso said he personally would quit if if it were spec engines. And and you, you think about oh, as a driver, it shouldn't matter, right? But no, he's got a relationship with the team and he's developing the car. And you know, there's there's so much of it is it's the combination of who's got the best equipment, who uses it the best way, and you know who's who's developing their their. You know the cars better and faster, and that's 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 just a part of the interest of Formula One. And well, and 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 I think you know Bernie Ecclestone uh, said, "Look, you know the engine's just one part of the car. There's still tons of parts and packages in the car. There's still tons of technology in the car that are being updated that the manufacturers can still set themselves apart. And in fact, the en- excuse me, the engines are you know frozen in technology, and they're they're not you know the most Cutting edge technology, anyway, that's true. But I think completely misses the point. The engine isn't a part; it's the part. It is the heart and soul of a car. Yeah. It is what every single every single car guy and any race car guy is a car guy. Every single car guy knows that the engine is what you know the noises the engine makes. The power, I mean, that is really what gets your blood going. Yeah, there weren't too many people that were offended when Michelin quit and they said it was all Bridgestone. It's like, oh, man, I'm really a Michelin guy. Yeah, That's, I mean, exactly. there's probably somebody out there. There could be a Michelin guy. You know, but, but that it's like, okay, that's one part of a car, and there's lots of other parts of a car, so so fine. Or the ECU is the same thing. You know, it's like, oh, no, my ECU. Standard that, ECUs, yeah. You know, all oh, that traction control that McLaren had or, the, you know, Renault's launch control or and, whatever. And that was a little upsetting because that that has become more and more of a part of the engine is, it is. is programming it. But I mean But the engine, it's like it's, that's a whole other level. I of, mean of, yeah. I don't want uh, let's not I mean let's not I, I don't want to become sexist here, but you know Uh-oh. with guys, you know, when you talk about what's your okay, you know, this is gonna be bad. This is gonna be bad. I don't like what it's <laughs> <is going. laughs> when talk guys talk about, you know, uh, uh their best their favorite body parts and girls too. Um your your girls will either like the they're like butts or chest or whatever, and guys will like butts or chest or whatever, right? There's not many, you know, wing guys in F1. It's like, oh, my favorite part's the wings, or my favorite part's the wheels, or my favorite part's the you know steering wheel. It's like, no, it's the engine. It's the engine is the car. Yeah. And to make that spec, that's ridiculous. I'm sorry, it's ridiculous. And if I'm if I'm Toyota, for example. I mean, I guess I can market how aerodynamically efficient my cars are or whatever, but that's not that's not sexy either. It's like I want right. to show, hey, I can design as a company, design and, and manufacture and race a really successful engine, you know, ultimately as a car, as a package, but the and, engine and, is the main part of that. And they talk about, you know, you know, all the push these days, and for better or worse, um, I'm not going to judge on that, uh, um, about going green, cleaner technology. 
cleaner burning fuels, you know, using less and all this kind of stuff. You know, there's all sorts of different technologies that go into, say, a Prius. But at the end of the day, it's how much fuel and how much emissions does that engine put out? Again, it's that is the core of the green movement is is engine efficiency and alternative energy and alternative fuels. It's I'm sorry, it's not the tire. It's not the plastic body panels. Yeah. It's, it's the engine. So, I mean, there are spec series, and, and, and I think even if they come to a, a you know frozen or spec engine, it's important to note that, that that wouldn't mean that there are spec series where everyone has identical cars. Right. But it's such a big step in that direction that it really it really changes our take on it, obviously. And, you know, there are some spec series, and that's interesting um, in, in a way, but it's not, not the same level as Formula One. It's not what Formula One ought to be about. It's the fastest cars that can go around any track, you know. And it's, it's pushing the limits of technology. I could, Listen. The IRL, the Indy Racing League here in the States, the, the series that does the Indy 500, they have a spec engine. It's a Honda 3-liter V8. And that's fine. That's okay. That doesn't, you know, completely offend everybody. There's definitely people that were upset, you know, not happy with it, but it is what it is. Um, if Formula One goes to a spec engine, I'm, I don't see much difference between Formula One and IndyCar. They're both 200-mile-an-hour cars. IndyCar series actually has, you know, 25, 26 entries. Yeah. It has the Indy 500, a great event. It has fantastic drivers. Dario Franchitti, Scott Dixon, has the Andretti's. It has uh, Graham Rahal. You know, there's some real serious great drivers, great teams. I'm sorry, Formula One, what sets you apart from the IRL if you go to a spec engine and a spec transmission and all this kind of stuff? They don't do as many ovals. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, but I, yeah. I, honestly, I mean, why Why would it? Okay, because IRL is 10 to $15 million a year to run it. Hmm. So if it takes 10 to $15 million to run an IRL team versus $200 million or pounds to run in a Formula One team, where does that add up? Yeah, how does that make sense as a, for a marketing exercise? So... I, I'm I'm a Formula One fan through and through. My, I'm just trying to make the point that Formula One isn't spec, you know. Yeah, that's not that's not what Formula One is about, and especially it, when the manufacturers there, are involved. Yeah. Back in the day, in the '70s, when it was mostly private teams, and a lot of people, almost everyone, used the Cosworth engine. That's one thing. But when you have you know four or five different manufacturers. Racing and none of them can. I mean, Ferrari can't use a Ferrari engine. Yeah, why, why do they want to be there? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So, all right, I'm done. That okay. that just steams me to no end. Yeah, we could we could probably go on ranting about that for a minute. But uh, would you? Can I rant about something else instead? Go for it. 2009. Bernie Ecclestone wants to replace the championship with medals. Yeah, this is one of those. <laughs> What's that? I mean, I don't. It's, oh. it's a little different from the spec engine. I don't think we can completely dismiss it as, as as lunacy right off the bat. I mean, I don't know. First of all, okay, what's what's your take? First of all, okay. Well, I mean, the basic premise of the idea is in 2009, next season, Bernie Ecclestone wants the championship to be decided not by how many points you get, but how many medals you got, and you get a medal for winning a race. So basically, the well, it'd be like what a gold, so like a like a like yeah. an Olympic system, yeah, gold, bronze, silver, silver bronze. gold, yeah. And uh, whoever has the most gold medals wins. Whoever has the most gold medals wins, which means I think Michael Phelps would have been Formula One world champion. I, I don't know. Uh, it's dumb. It's a stupid idea, and I, I don't like it. Why not? Because, well, as you said yourself, the, the championship 
uh, if you go back and implement the gold, silver, bronze system into the past two years of Formula One championships. Well, it would change this. It would change 2008. I mean, it obviously, would have Felipe Massa had, had one more win than but Hamilton. It didn't, would not have changed 2007 or 2006, I don't think. Or 05. Or 05. And the championship would have been decided sooner. Yeah, so. Yeah, because, I mean, once, once. And if you think about that, it makes sense. I mean, this year it was obviously so close, but, you know, like. In Fernando Alonso's domination, or back at you know Michael Schumacher's day, once once you've run you know won maybe four more races than the next guy, and there's three races to go, it's You're done. it's clinched, and that's it. Whereas with points, even if it's real close like that, and one guy's really successful, you know consistency matters a lot more. And having right. having medals only get down to third place, uh, I think really changes the dynamic for the whole rest of the field. Right. Where this year we saw you know even well STR did have have a win with Sebastian Vettel, but. You know, we saw these outside teams really having, you know, chances at points and oh, sure. and success there in, in Toyota and Honda even. Well, um, and it was, you know, interesting to see as STR improved so much that then get into the points and start eating away at other manufacturers and seeing Vettel go up in the championship so much. And, I mean, if, if essentially what it comes down to is if you want medals, you're basically saying you want race winning to count as more. Well, just make race winning count more. Just make first place worth 12 points instead of 10 or whatever. I mean, uh, I, if they said the winner of the race gets 12 points and second place gets 8 and, you know, then third place gets 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, whatever, fine. I have no problem with that. If you want to put a little bit more value in winning a race, I'm okay with that. 10 to 8 does seem kind of close. But I, I don't think having it be as simplistic as the winner of the most races wins the championship, I think that's silly. Yeah, and in a way, it's a philosophical conversation as well of how much of a difference is a race win to a second-place finish because it's not it's not like there's two guys in a race here and one guy works really hard and wins and the other guy just sort of stands around doing it. I mean, the second-place uh, result is still a lot of hard work and a lot of strategy and a lot of planning. So in a way, I can, I can see the point of is it 80% of the work of if, if one guy did 100% and, and got it all right and, and won the race – does that mean he should get everything and the next guy should get nothing? Well, no, I don't think anyone thinks that. I think no. you know, so so it's kind of like, well, where do you draw the line? And it's kind of a sliding scale. And I don't know if it's because we're used to it now or what, but this the system we have now, I think, kind of makes sense. You know, if if you're if you only if you only ended up sort of halfway, if you're tenth out of twenty, you don't get anything. You know, you got to be better than that. Even ninth, you don't get. But even eighth, okay, you get one point. You're not going to win if you have a season of, of of eighth place finishes, but at least that's something, and you're on the board, and you can right. have if you're if you're basically doing well and have a couple times you're off a little bit. And if you that's not going to screw up your whole season. And if you finished eighth place in every race, you'll probably finish higher than eighth place in the championship. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know if that's statistically true. Is I don't that know statistically either. true. Anyway, uh, it might be completely wrong. <laughs> I'd have to look at the championship now. But uh, I mean. Put it another way, I mean, if that's the case, if we're trying to dissect how much more value does winning have in second place, is there a difference between winning by half a second and winning by 30 seconds? Yeah, could it be by how far you are ahead? I mean, if it's a neck-and-neck neck finish, should the one guy only get you know nine points and ten points? Or exactly. Is, if I mean, got, yeah. There's a lot, of, a lot of questions there. So I, okay. I, I have no problem putting emphasis on winning, but I, I have a serious problem with... Uh, Let's see, eighth place. Sebastian Vettel had thirty-five points. So, so you would have been well. You would have been thirteenth tw- uh, if you had 13th. eighteen points. You would have beaten Nico Rosberg. He only had seventeen points. Yeah, so out of twenty-two, though. So that's a little bit worse than half. But uh, you would no, you wouldn't do better than eighth. Yeah. Place. So that was stupid. What I just said. But you hey, what that. are you going to do? So uh, yeah, there, <laughs> there it is. I mean, 
I'm just, sorry. It's kind of a depressing podcast. It is. It's like we lost Honda. We're going to spec engines. Well, okay. The, the spec engine. No, no, but we may or may not lose. There, there might be 18 cars on the grid, but I think it sounds like there's fairly good reasonably there will be 20 cars on the grid. Yeah. So we're not losing two cars, and I think that's critical. But we are losing a manufacturer, and that's that's big deal. It is. Although they have said, uh, Honda has said that you know they will be back if this situation is right. So maybe once you know the economy is sorted out and, and a bit better, or the situation in Formula One changes with the cost structure, or if a new deal is re- is negotiated, or you know something happens where Honda looks at it again and says, yeah, okay, you know this might work. And they haven't said they haven't come out and said, well, we're never going to be in the sport again. So right. Oh sure. Who's who's to say? I mean, you know. And I mean, it would be silly to say something like that anyway, because I mean, so yeah. many things can happen in five years. 10 yeah. years, whatever. And with a sport like this, I mean, maybe, you know, the manufacturers break off and start a new series, and that sort of ends up replacing Formula 1. I mean, who knows? So right. you can't make an ultimatum. But you still, I mean, I guess the, the point is, you know, that's still being considered, and I think this was a business decision. And so if it makes business sense in the future, like it did in the past, um, they may be back. So there's yeah. there's some hope or, there. Or maybe they come back as an engine supplier once again, a, a role they were slightly more comfortable in. Yeah, like like Mercedes, where they're not yeah. building the car and running the team day to day, but they provide exactly. engines. Yeah, could, exactly. Could do. Exactly. So I, uh, it'll be interesting to see, again, I think this is a, a good slap in the face, wake-up call to Formula One to say, you need to rethink the structure and I, I hope that happens for the better. It, it is an opportunity to have a real nice silver lining out yeah. of those clouds. The other, I mean, the other thing that sort of raises, I guess, with, with Formula One, I mean, there was that ING Global Formula One fan survey right. that came out. But it's a bit telling that it was a sponsor that came up with that and not Formula One itself. Like, mm-hmm. like I think Bernie has... Um, it was, uh, I think it was F1 Magazine and ING yeah. together. So a media up. outlet and a sponsor... Um, put that together, but there's no, I don't know, if, you know, does Bernie Ecclestone have like a what the fans want committee? I mean, he probably has, he, they probably have a feeling of, okay, fans would like it if the cars are on track more, so they came up with a qualifying situation they do, but in kind of a simple way, but, um, you know, regarding the spec engine stuff, I mean, do they care what the fans want, or is Bernie looking at the, the money side of it and figure, oh, well, you know, yeah, we, we can make more money if we do this, or, we, you know, if the teams want more money, well, the only way to do that is for them to spend less. I mean, you know, you wonder if, like, is there anywhere we can go to, like, send a letter to Bernie Ecclestone or, or vote in a poll to say, hey, we want this or we don't want that? Or, you know, in a way, like, you know, what what are, what are the fans' priorities? Are these people that are putting the money into the system for Formula One? Uh, because manufacturers aren't going to want to be there if there's, if you know, if they can't sell their product to all these millions of fans around the world. I mean, ultimately, right. it does come down to the fans. And there's so many, so many of us that uh, it's not like, you know... If, if we were all able to get together, that'd be a monumental. I mean, we're not all going to agree on anything, of course, but right. I feel like. But at the be, end of the day, we have the power. Yeah, there by should be some way that we following can, the sport or not following the sport. It's yeah. it's up to us, and if if they continue to do things to alienate us, which is things like pushing away manufacturers, pushing away tracks that we like, all these kind of things, then then pushing they're going to feel that aren't ten hours away from us by plane. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Jesus. So Christ. yeah, the, ten hour, ten ten hours and two grand. Yeah, you know, I mean. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a bit of a sad state, but uh, I I just I, my my point I guess there is I just wish there were, you know, feedback at f one dot com <laughs> where yes, we could just email please. them and say hey, this is where I come down on the issue, and I'm a you know supporter of Formula One, and I you know I I buy the things that I see the logos for on the cars, and you know I'm part of the part of the money that comes into the system, and you know that's. Uh, 
it's it's a, it's a bit of you know it's too bad that there's not something like that, and I think maybe they could stand to 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 benefit from that. The other uh, possible loss we have, and this isn't confirmed either way, is Giancarlo Fisichella um, uh, okay. from Force India, because I remember we talked about this a little bit in the last podcast how um, Vijay Malia, who runs Force India, has made a deal with McLaren that says it, the, I think in, uh, the agreement's actually called a technology sharing deal or something, but. It's kind of they're weaseling their way into being a, a customer car, um, mm-hmm. where I think the the, the assertion is it's um, very very savvy the way this is going down. Yeah, VJ Melia basically, you know, I think has a lot a lot of other things on his plate, but he likes working in Formula One, so he sort of says, hey, you know, these McLaren guys can come in and help us out with sort of the day to day things and the engineering and the development of the vehicle, and they know a lot, obviously, about Formula One. So they're going to handle a lot of the business, and I'm going to go focus on my other things, and, uh, and but still well, be and involved, and still you know. And and McLaren gets benefits an awful lot from this as well because now they have four cars in testing instead of two, and as testing is limited, that's that's a big deal. It's a very big and, deal. And you know they have their say in their you know test drivers and all that. So, um, uh, Pedro de la Rosa, who's McLaren's test driver, has tested in the uh, Formula One or the Force India car, and it's it looks like. Um, he could be in a in a driving seat at Force India. They could kick out uh, Giancarlo Fisichella, and I'm I'm not sure Della Rosa is a better driver than Fisichella. I'm not sure either. He's a, he's a good tester, but he he's been in he's been in the off you know one or two races in the day. And I mean, certainly it takes time to get comfortable in the race situation. But I don't know. He hasn't certainly didn't stand out. Yeah, he's had some brilliant lap times under in test driving, but and you he's never well know. into his 30s as well. I mean, he's not exactly. At his peak. I mean, he's not Sebastian Vettel. Let's, let's, let's <laughs> well, be honest. Let's be honest. Yeah. But uh, it, it sort of goes to show how this, I mean, there was actually an, a deal in place for um, Force India to have Ferrari engines next year, and that was sort of shuffled away, and now they've, now they've got this deal with McLaren to have McLaren engines and be a McLaren technology partner. Small irony is that is that Ross Braun has talked about possibly having Ferrari engines in this new non-Honda team, yeah. assuming they get the funding. That's so, a possibility. And that, that's Ferrari the other power. thing I was thinking about was if, if Ferrari could buy them as a, uh, Ooh. As a, as a junior team. Ooh, fascinating. Sort of, well, McLaren's got one. Why can't we have a junior team? Well, you know Ferrari would get away with it. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's 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 options anyway for that team. And, and if anyone could well, have I mean, connections and find money, I would imagine Stefano Domenicali could, could probably right. make that work. And I say that if Ferrari get away from it. I mean, of course, I mean, if McLaren's doing it, Ferrari will find a way to do it as well. Yeah. That's what I mean. Um, but uh, so, yeah, they, they could. this could be, you know, McLaren's way of sort of inching out and, and getting rid of Fisichella to put their own guy in. Whether he's better or not remains to be seen. But if they – I don't think they would make this call unless they honestly thought that he could have better success. I mean, you want to have your own people in there. But obviously if, if one of your teams – whether directly or indirectly, if they win or they have better results, then that's that's ultimately better for the for the whole team. So, um, you know, I think I think if, if Pedro de la Rosa had a proper race seat and had all the time and preparation and everything as a race driver, I do think he could be successful. Um, and you know, we've never had terribly kind words for for Giancarlo Fisichella. He's not, not one, of the, really. one of the brilliant drivers, although he was better than Sutil this year. I mean, he outqualified him more often than not. He, he did. He actually he actually did okay in the team. He the problem with Fisichella is that he is a very emotional driver. And, you know, you, you saw this in Renault. He'd have flashes of brilliance, and then he'd just be terrible. And yeah. he had a lot of mistakes. He's Yeah, he was mistake-prone. He just, you know, he was not level-headed. He was very up and down and peaky, and I, I that drives me nuts. Yeah, so that, you know, maybe maybe they've seen that, and uh, McLaren has figured, hey, we need somebody who's at least consistent and can be worked on, and, 
And who knows? But uh, so it's possible anyway that before the before the grid in Melbourne, that uh, Fisichella may be out, and uh, we may have a uh, McLaren pick in uh, in a seat at Force India. So that's another story worth worth watching, worth checking into. And uh, I want to thank our fans for sending that along. Who was it? Uh, PKO Seven that sent that link. I forget now. Which who, link now? To the to that article. Yeah. Yes. PKS7, I don't know your real name, but yep. uh, someone in Australia for... Uh, <laughs> I think it's PK. Could be. I don't think <gasps> they know. Oh, I, didn't, I never put that together. PK07. You knew about this this whole time? I'm at business school. Wow. Uh, so anyway, uh, <laughs> thanks for the, passing along that link. And uh, I, speaking of our fans sending us email, we've gotten, you know, in the off-season, there's not as much uh, straight race coverage to, to, to follow. So we got a lot more email from the fans and uh, different things. And I definitely appreciate that. Absolutely. So, and it's been great to see... The uh, discussion, uh, I'm sorry, not the, the wall active with comments. Um, we have to say, we didn't even think, we didn't even talk about this. Uh, Mark Weber, we hope you have a nice speedy recovery. Uh, yeah, oh, sucks yeah about he, your leg. he was uh, in a, uh, a bicycle crash. And that, bicycle was like, that was like right after our last podcast. So yeah, that was kind exactly. of a long time ago. But yeah. And uh, I, I, hope, I hope you recover quickly. And I agree with the fans. I don't think Vettel is going to walk, well, I agree with most of the fans. I don't think Vettel is going to walk away from this. I think Weber is going to keep him very honest. But... To your Australian fans, Weber's not going to own Vettel either. This yeah. guy, this kid is good. It's going to be interesting. I think they could push each other, and I think it could be a, a, a fairly dynamic team. Yeah. I, I don't know how much Red Bull's going to be able to capitalize from SDR's success from 2008. I think that's kind of a big variant. I don't know I don't know how much of it is a Renault handicapped, and I don't know how much of it's a chassis handicapped, but I... I Potentially, if Adrian Newey works his magic on the Red Bull car, if the Renault engine's up to snuff, and Vettel and Weber pushing each other, that could be that could be a, something. A good solid way to go. Yeah, I, absolutely. I certainly do not discount Weber at all, and I think if anything, Weber would be even more motivated coming back from his injury and missing out on a couple months of testing and whatnot. Yeah. So, yes, we hope we hope he does well. I mean, and and gets back on form. And all, all the reports pretty much say, yeah, he'll be he'll be back in time for you know for racing. In yeah. Australia, yeah, um, he will miss some off-season testing, but he's a pretty experienced driver, and, and I think he can probably, you know, do okay. And uh, although if Vettel gets all the testing in the off-season and has a better start, then that'll just make the, I guess, make the rivalry that much more interesting, huh? Mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. if maybe not entirely fair. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, there was a whole lot of uh, discussion leading into Montoya and Raikkonen being teammates in '06, I think it was. And, or 2005, and they made a big, big deal out of it, and it ended up being Raikkonen pretty much had it. No big deal. So yeah. it, it might turn into that, but I, I don't know. I have a lot of respect for Weber. Yeah, and yeah, he, I mean, he has he's had some some good performances. Seems to have the worst luck, and I don't, oh, there's yeah. no I can't really quite account so for that in, in, in any logical way. Yeah, so, true enough. So well, let me understand. So uh, okay, I'll, I'll also think. Uh, Ken Regal, um, so he's, he's commented a couple of times before on the blog and everything. Yes. Um, he was talking about the design of the car as being kind of a throwback with the straight front wings. It's kind of old school, like mid-90s looking. Yeah, but um, the, the rear wing kills it. It just I know, kills it. It's so weird. I, I, we're just not used to it yet, maybe. I don't know if, I mean, if there's a I, lot of these things passing each other, maybe that'll be okay. But. Again, there, there's there's cost-cutting measures and just plain, and, and that are effective and cost-cutting measures. you got to look at the whole aspect of the sport. I'm sorry, aesthetics is a huge part of the sport. If you're going to do that to the wings, just get rid of them altogether. I think you could build some beautiful cars without wings. I think you could build some 
unbelievably gorgeous cars without wings. If you if you did the specs, right. I might need to see an example of that. I guess some of the really old and like old GP racers before they did arrows. But well, just picture um, picture a more of a. I mean, it has to be open wheels still, of course. But picture a little bit more of a Le Mans style body. You know, I, but I, those with the, but the wheels stick okay, out. I mean, I'm sorry. They usually I'm get sorry. these weird if pointy take, noses and pointy tails, and they just look stupid without wings. I don't think you can do it without wings. I'll, I'll tell you this: take take an 09 car, okay, and literally just take the front rear wing off. It'll look better. Well, <laughs> I don't think the front <laughs> wing is that bad. It's just the rear wing. Just looks but the front wing would look stupid without the rear and wing. And the rear wing looks so bloody stupid that All you right. have to take them both off. You know, there's a little more to it than the aesthetic. Oh, so. I mean, okay, uh, the Formula Ford. That's huge. Everyone knows about Formula Ford if they know about open wheel. And if you don't, Formula Ford, it's a big deal. Um, they don't run wings. And they, they're not bad-looking cars. They look kind of stupid, the pointy it, nose out front. But you the, could do it right. I mean... The, if anyone could do it right, it'd be Formula 1. But, uh, I okay. Okay, this, how, about, how, about this, how about this? The Skip Barber cars without wings look so stupid, though. Those, those Formula Mod, or Formula. Well, they Formula look like Ford. Formula 4s. Those are old Formula 4 chassis yeah, with Dodge stupid. stickers on them. <laughs> well, okay. I, listen, I I like the winged look too. Don't get me wrong. Okay, but what I'm saying is, okay, picture the McLaren F1, the road car they built in the mid '90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Picture picture an Enzo Ferrari, that type of thing. Okay, the Enzo has a rear wing, but they're beautiful cars. And they have bodies around the wheels. They but don't they end can, up with this pointy front. My point is, it can be done. It can be done. I mean, I, I mean, the, the Audi R10 is a beautiful car, but it's got it's got fenders and stuff, and you can't. But that's the whole point is that, like, I guess with with, with the open-wheel design, you end up with this weird pointy front. You couldn't do it without wings. And I don't think Formula 1 is going to go there anyway. So I think this discussion is kind of moot in a way. But I think I think this wasn't a cost-cutting thing so much as an overtaking and creating less downforce. And I hope that that means there's there's some more overtaking. I mean, I guess the, at the bottom, at the, end of the, at the end of the day, we'll have to see. Um, they try to do some racing but, simulation but there, there, I think, well, I don't know. I could be wrong on this. I think there was a little bit of cost-cutting in mind because they also got rid of all the, you know, uh, uh, flugels and attachments that um, are not part of the body itself. Other than the front and rear wing, you can't have any other of those aerodynamic attachments built on, which spend a lot of time and effort, which, you know, teams spend a lot of time and effort in the wind tunnel building okay. and testing. Speaking of cost-cutting, um, another fan of ours, Jordan McCunn, mentioned um, – Who's now? Um, that uh, why not have gravity-fed fuel systems instead of uh, these yeah. pressurized Smart rigs? Idea. I mean, think you know they spend however, I and mean, I guess it's a spec fuel delivery system, and it's this whatever eighteen liters per second or whatever some you know huge amount of fuel. And it's all pressurized. Yeah, it's a third company. You don't you know the teams don't design their right. own fuel systems. But they, I mean, I'm sure they have to maintain them, and and then there's um, obviously just the cost in terms of all the danger that we have seen several times this year and last year, and I think every year pretty much there's. Some disaster or another where something sticks open or some some get, you know oh, valve is There's been lots right. of fires and, and, and Felipe Massa lost a race because of it. I mean, there's been yeah. Where obviously a gravity fed system would be longer, but it would be the same for everyone at least. So um, you know, pit stops would be longer, but uh, you know that in itself is not that bad of a thing. I mean, yeah. it would it would also mean less likely to have a wheel you know not go loose or other mistakes to happen. I mean, yeah, you know. So I don't know. I mean, gravity feed seems so low tech, but at the same time. You know, that's what they use in NASCAR was his point, and, and that, you know, they, they don't ever have fuel issues there, and it's it's a simple system, if nothing else. So it's probably safer because it's not this, you know, pressurized fuel coming in. And I guess... It's not low-tech, but it's it's beautiful technology and it's simplicity. Yeah, because technology doesn't have to mean computer-controlled and all that. It's just, you know, the means to solve a problem, and I think it's a pretty good means to solve a problem. Yes. Although it would be cool if that technology made it to the street, and I could stop at a gas station in, like, you know, 15 seconds, have my... my or I guess, with, with 12 liters a second, I mean, I could probably... In like, Eight seconds or something. What? 
um, have my have my. Car I don't tank think you full. could swipe your credit card in that amount of time. I mean, that's anyway, what I'm saying. So. Like I, that would be cool if that technology made it to the street. But since it hasn't, let's just go back to the low tech stuff anyway for Formula right. One. Right. I mean, it's it's not like it'd be a two minute stop all of a sudden. It'd be a twenty second stop. Probably. Yeah. And you know, I don't see. I don't. And see it would also it would change fuel strategy some, make that a little bit different. I mean, you know, maybe I think you would tend to see you know longer. I don't know though. Longer fuel strategies with fewer stops, but then the stop would take. I don't know. Yeah, so it's it's worth uh, you know considering if if I were Bernie Ecclestone, but I'm not. So um, you're not. There Maybe you go. But I, we'll put, put that out there, and uh, we can discuss that. And uh, I guess also thanks to uh, Paul Peard uh, sent us an email as well. And, oh, uh, and, and Matthew Perry and uh, James Payne. Okay, you know, but one and, and Simon, then, all these guys. I mean the, oh, that yeah. are uh, that are commenting and everything we appreciate we love hearing it we love reading it we'd like and to give you guys a little shout out on the show and uh, let you know we appreciate what uh, you're sending in and, and didn't, didn't ken regal ask oh us we'll to do i'm gonna ken ken did ask us for a favor and uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna grant that to him oh grant uh, it grant it he's got if you're into drag racing and who isn't um australian drag racing australian drag racing uh ken one of our fans one of our own one of the one of the, the f1 show army is is i uh, got an up and up and running uh <laughs> Up and coming drag racing career called Regal Racing Rocks with Ken Regal, and uh, he's got a page on Facebook for it. So so for, so search for that, and uh, you can join, be a fan of his uh, drag racing, and see how he. And I haven't uh, checked out his page yet, but uh, you know, probably, presumably follow along, see how he does, and cheer him on, and all that. So uh, yeah, and and we wish you luck, Ken. That's cool, man. Absolutely. So uh, you know, we're happy to throw in that plug for you. And speaking of plugs, uh, nope, I, I don't have any. Plugs. You don't have any plugs. You don't no. want. I'm no plug? one's master. You don't want to. Get people to buy a performance box or anything? Oh, that! Yes! Oh. I am that person's master. Yes. The F1 show is brought to you by the performance box. A. I don't even have it up. It's Come a on. really cool product it that is, does man. stuff. If you, if you do track days and stuff, it's a something definitely. It's a great Christmas gift, actually, if you've got a uh, you know, friend or family Christmas, member yes. who's, uh, you know goes out to track days and just wants to uh, do lap timing, simply straight see line what your car can do. All that kind of stuff. Yes. Go to performancedrift.com. And go to our previous episodes where I give the official spiel. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, um, is it, what else? Um, nope, there's nothing I think else. our Skype voicemail is broken, so don't send yeah, us voicemail. We that gotta, we that gotta didn't quite work that. out, but nobody did it. We had, we had a couple. but We had um, a couple. If, if you've got a video camera or, or audio recorder of some kind you want to you wanna get on the show, um, I think the best thing to do is if you can just post that online somewhere, either email us an MP3 or uh, make a YouTube video and just upload it there. I mean, that, that's really easy to do now. Um, and just send us a link to it. You know, We'll check it out, and uh, if you've got something cool to say, get on the show, and that'll be sweet. But keep sending us emails. Keep uh, posting on the Facebook wall page, and um, I think it's time to wrap it up. Yep. So wrap it up, then. I did. I'm Jim Lau. And I'm Robin Warner, and oh, I'm just kidding. Paul Granger, of course we're going to mention you. Uh, I think it's fantastic that you're doing go, uh, go-karts. I actually raced go-karts myself for uh, three years and um, had some success, so I wish you the best. And uh, hopefully we'll be uh, talking about you in a few years uh, if you can come up through Australia. So good luck to you. Um, appreciate you like the show. That's great. And uh, tell all your friends. And, uh, again, good luck with the go-kart. Send us some pictures. Put them on the Facebook page. We'll, uh, we'll all cheer you on. Paul got real worried because he's like, we mentioned everybody else. But exactly. Not him. He was like, so oh, I'm not going to do it. Well, he said we had to do it. So we were just uh, – I, 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 uh, I'm not sure I appreciate that. We have to do that. Yeah. I mean, you, like, know, I don't, we, you can I ask us nicely. We probably yeah, will. Just, I just, yeah, just ask us nicely. So there you go. Yeah, but anyway, uh, Paul, that's uh, – uh, we wish you luck in the go-karts. And uh, 
And, uh, you know, keep us keep us abreast. Tell us what championships you're about to win and everything else. Absolutely. And I hope everyone around the world has uh, good holidays and everything. And we will be back with you guys later on this year or early next. Or whenever when the next bombshell that gets dropped on <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, when Ferrari quits Formula 1. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll do another uh, podcast then. <laughs> All right. Until then, I'm Robin Warner. And I'm still Jim Lau. See ya.